Sensitivity is intelligence. With grace and skill, you have abundance. Welcome to the Psychic Hour. Host Kelly Brickle is a psychic medium healer, numerologist, and teacher. Her passions are learning about the soul and energy. Whether it's through spirit, emotion, or vibrational numbers, there's always a pathway of information waiting to help. Now, here is your host of the Psychic Hour, Kelly Brickle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the last week of March. Welcome to the Psychic Hour. I hope everyone's doing well. This month has really sped by. This is our fifth show, and can you believe it's been, you know, a full month? Um, we're, we started week one of March, and we're at week five. It was a longer month, um, and we're, we're already here. So onwards and upwards. Um, going into April, we have more wonderful people coming into the mix on the show. Today, we have Kim Copeland. Uh, she's a medium. Um, she has 20 years experience as a hospice nurse, and she does a lot of other things and has a lot of other tools that um, I definitely will highlight while she's with us. We'll be talking about um, mediumship and her journey with hospice nursing. She has a lot of experience and stories and knowledge where she's people, she's seen people transition. She's seen people, you know, have to really wrap their minds and their hearts around the concept of passing away, family, friends. Um, and that is a very important and sometimes not always looked at side of mediumship that you are helping people grieve. You're helping people to be okay with the understanding that their loved ones won't be with them in physical form and really start to think about and conceptualize what that means for the individual. Everyone thinks something totally different when it comes to dying and death. Um, you know, a family cannot agree with the same because everyone has different perspectives. Some people believe in the spirit world. Some people are agnostic. Some people are atheists. Some people believe in the divine and, you know, love, but they're like, I'm not sure. This is kind of, this is it. You know, after, after I see this person in this form, I probably might not never see them again. Um, and some people who even believe the way that life continues, it's maybe a transference of energy. It's not, heaven experience. So how we individually grieve is entirely different based on our belief systems, based on our own understanding of the spirit world or what God means to us or even science, how we just connect to the human body's experience and how it transcends. Um, it's a fascinating topic. I also will be talking with Kim about um, fear. Fear and dying go hand in hand, my goodness. And that's a, a topic that comes up a lot um, within mediumship. Um, our own personal fear, absolutely. Um, but the fear of you know missing out, the fear of not living our lives, not living our lives to the fullest. 
So there's so much fear that comes up in life. And that is really met with head on within our mediumship journey and our own mortality. They really go hand in hand. Mediumship is all about passing. Think about it. It's all about passing. It's all about what happens at the end of this. And that's why it's such a powerful experience. It heals, it quells, it answers doubts within people. It really opens up another avenue to life because it continues. Um, And again, I'll never ever try to convince somebody. I only share my experiences, you know, where amalgamation of our experiences and we can just do our best to share and ultimately I truly believe that an individual has to have their own experience it doesn't have to be the exact experience you have and it can be in a completely different category but an individual needs to have their own experience where they go aha okay I get it I had a visceral feeling I had a aha I had an epiphany I had an awakening I get it this means this to me and it can't be taught in a book it can't be taught by what someone is sharing with me okay um you should always share i believe because you will prep and prime somebody to be more accepting sometimes or you can have them open their eyes it's not because we're trying to persuade anyone it's because we're just sharing something that's true and sometimes the truth truth, truest perspective isn't the most normal perspective. And if it's in our hearts, we have to speak up. We have to change the way that people see things around us. Um, not because we're forcing them, not because we're like, hey, you, you have to see it this way, um, because it's important, because it means something, okay? And you will find others who understand the more you share it doesn't have to be your family it doesn't have to be specific friends the more you share and be yourself you will find people like oh you know I've had that exact experience the reason why it's truth isn't because you have a singular experience sometimes that that is the case and we gotta you know we've gotta travel and we gotta develop and we have to go okay no one else is experiencing this like I gotta be a pioneer here If it's really, really true, you have to be a pioneer. Um, But just the matter of fact is, if you come across something true, but maybe not completely widely accepted, I promise you other people are going to have the same experiences as you. It's just not being talked about. Okay. So um, yeah, I I just want to touch base on the concept of fear and not living our life to the fullest. As we're going to talk about that with Kim too as well. And it's like, if you think about it, and I, and I do like to just highlight this sometimes just to ignite fire beneath people or inspire people. Like we're only here for an average of, you know, 80 to hundred years. Average life expectancy is, is lower than, than 80. So, um, you know, 80 to hundred years is generous for a lot of people. And that's a mind blowing concept to even think like, right? And it's a fearful thing to think sometimes because we're like, where do I begin? Where do I end? Like, how do I even fathom that? Um, and, and the thing is life continues, my belief is life continues. Um, but 
as I come to you as Kelly Brickle, right? As I come to you in this form as my name, as you seeing me, as me being here at this time on the planet in this location. There, there's, there's other Kelly Brickles in the world, right? But there's only one that's me and there's only one that's you, whatever your name is, right? Whoever you are. And I'll only have maybe 80 to 100 years or less. And so I have to live my life to the fullest. Yeah, sure, I'll make smart financial decisions along the way, right? But, you know, it's so different for everybody. I've known people who've passed that they lived their life to the fullest. And, you know, their family was kind of like, wow, they're forever, you know, a child at heart, right? Um, And they just with friends, with fam, they were, they were very generous. They were always going out. They're always celebrating. They're always partying. They only made it to 41, right? And people around this individual, like still celebrate this individual um, for the type of person that they were because they definitely lived life to the fullest. They didn't hold back. Um, In a lot of areas, they didn't hold back. And so when you look at it with that perspective, it's almost like, did that person know in some way that they wouldn't be around for that long? Who knows? But they put all their chips in and it's like, wow, like they did it, right? And it's kind of like, depending where we're living on our life, Sometimes are we being too practical? Sometimes are we being too timid? Sometimes are we being too afraid? Um, And a lot of times I think the human race is afraid. All right. We're, you know, we're always processing information, whether it's past, present or future. Um, I mean that in the case of, you know, we are the accumulation of our past and we either are at peace with our past or we are healing and learning from our past. And sometimes if we're too much in past energy, um, we can have depression, right? And that can lead to fear too in itself. And sometimes if we are thinking about the future and we're like, oh, I, I don't know what's gonna come. I'm not sure, you know, I'm, I have a certain goal for me, right? I wanna live a certain way, these are my dreams, but. I don't know how to get there. Again, that's like a fear of the future, our anxiousness, because we don't know quite how to line up our future. You know, everything's not lining up maybe exactly the way we want it to. And that creates fear. Even when we are on our path, let's say we are present with our goals and our dreams to a certain extent, right? Uh, <laughs> we wake up and we're like, okay, we'll see how this goes, right? And you kind of have to look fear in the face and just kind of do it. Um, yeah, like fear is a part of life. It really is. You you can make a certain um, sense of peace with it, though. Absolutely. Um, but it's really about we only have a certain amount of time as this current identity. I do believe the soul is eternal. But at, with the current identity I am, I, I want to know that, you know, I didn't overthink things that weren't that big of a deal. Like, let's say you go, you know, to a restaurant and you're like 10 extra dollars. Um, 
could buy you something you really want on the menu, right? Um, every once in a while, just do it, right? You might not ever be at that restaurant again. Um, same with like clothes. And, and sometimes spending more money is practical. Sometimes, you know, clothes, you spend $50 more. I'm just talking about money for two seconds. Spend $50 more and that those shoes or that jacket is going to last you five years longer. Um, it's like the way that we invest in ourselves, not only money-wise, but energetically, you know? Um, friendships, people. It's super common to have misunderstandings with people, even family members. And, you know, we're only going to be here for a certain amount of time. Like, throw caution to the wind. Um, if it could be a misunderstanding, and if you love them and you want them in your life, reach out to them, call them, see what happens. Like, you might get the reaffirmation of this person is not right for you to have a friend at this time, or this family member isn't in a healthy place. So it's not a good fit, but you don't ever dream about what if you know you have your answer, right? Or if there's someone that you have a connection to, whether it's romantically, or you just want to make a friend and you're like, I don't know if that person's even going to like me, do it. The worst that's going to happen is you just kind of understand why that person said yes or no. And then you can make a more even tactical, you know, decision or even more heart-based decision from the information you learned. Like life is just information being passed, waiting to be experienced. Life is waiting to be experienced and just to continue to let go of fear, drift into love and, and really follow the eternal rather than the limited. Our fear is so limited. It makes us so limited in return. So we'll be back. We'll be back with Kim Copeland. I'm really looking forward to talking to her. And uh, we'll be taking questions on mediumship and um, bereavement and transitioning. Please uh, join us. We'll be back. certified spiritual life coach, animal communicator, past life regression, and a psychic medium. This is Charlie Lynn. Charlie Lynn and Chat with Charlie work with you to bring communication and understanding from spirit to those looking to gain insight. Charlie Lynn's spiritual journey has brought her to you, so take advantage and contact Charlie Lynn today. Book a reading, indulge in some Reiki work, or take the next step in your life with some spiritual life coaching. No matter, Charlie Lynn is here to help you. Search Chat with Charlie on Facebook. That's Chat with Charlie on Facebook. Welcome back. Um, we are going to be having Kim come in now. 
Hey, Hello. Kim, how you doing? <laughs> Good to see you. Yeah. It's great to Thank see you. Thank you, Kelly. Absolutely. Kim is an author, a medium. Um, she's an energy healer, and she has over 20 years in the business as a hospice nurse, as one who is connected to others and energy. Thank you for being here, Kim. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for inviting me. What a wonder. Congratulations on this show, too. Oh, what you're doing here. Thank you. Yeah, you're wrapping up the first month. Thank you. Episode five. <laughs> awesome. How are you today? Um, how's the energy for you? And how's the energy for March? Are you feeling it? Uh, well, what would I say in March? It's been already fast. It's fast month already. Well, yes. Today I worked a little bit. Uh, it's windy here. I'm in central Texas. It's very windy. And it seems to me like it's windier than usual for some reason compared to like last year. I don't know why. So I'm not sure what that's about. Um, and I don't know. I've, I've been having a wonderful day already. I, I did a I did a reading with somebody and I um, I was blindfolded. <laughs> I did a blind. So I did a reading blindfolded. It was fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That yeah. is fun. Uh, those always make me nervous because I, I like to see. I get so inspired <laughs> even like looking around. Like spirit yeah. will make me look at like a corner of the room and it will inspire something. Or I'll look at, let's say, just a piece of paper on my desk and I'll be like, oh, like, right? It'll just, I like looking around yeah. and yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't know where to look. <laughs> it was, yes, it was a uh, an experiment today, and I actually enjoyed it. It was, it was not the first time I've done it, but um, it was good. <laughs> it's a wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah it makes yeah. me work a different and, way. I know that you are really connected to um, clairvoyance and clairaudience as well. We kind of talked a little bit once, and you've um, mentioned that you've had experiences where you've even heard the vibration of chakras and you're really yeah. connected to color too so yeah yeah did right. it with with blindfolding did it play up um how you're able to hear uh, let's see here and well you know what no what i ended up doing was going a lot more in my mind's eye oh yeah so, that makes and i and i couldn't hear so the sitter was not able to talk either i was totally in the dark you know uh, so I had no effort, you know, no uh, feedback until the end. Um, so all the, no, all overall, I love the idea. I really love it that um, you just because you're cutting. And I do. I'm like you, Kelly. I take inspiration from what's around me in the room or wherever I am. But I, I just did it different. And it was it's good experience experience to try something different. But I know you guys were talking about the fear of um yeah, you know, think about that. I was a little bit afraid. Oh my gosh, right? But uh, the fear of people dying. Yeah, yeah. That. I kind of like, I go, ooh, what's going on with your day? And then, yeah, we transition. And I think that's a perfect transition because um, I know that when I've done blindfold uh, readings, it's kind of freaked me out. But it's about, you know, this work learning to trust ourselves and going into um, you know, past loved ones and bereavement. Um, it's so much around fear. It's so much. Can you, can you, I guess, invite us into this world and talk about, um, how fear and, and, and dying and mediumship really kind of all go together 
um, just for a moment. Sure, of course. Because yes, I have, like you said, um, have over 20 years experience as a hospice RN and, you know, sitting at the bedside with people dying. Um, so fear is a very big issue at the end of life because um, a lot of times it's not, they're not, um, they're afraid of what's on the other side. <laughs> and they're also afraid of pain. Uh, pain and how is my death going to be? That's a big fear. But a lot of people, not a lot, I would say, I know I'm going to say 20% are more afraid of what's on the other side. I would say the general population, what I see, they're okay. They're, they feel okay. But it's that 20% that that fear of what's on the other side holds them, holds them way back. I had one lady, she was 104. She was starting to die. Uh, and she was so close. I mean, I saw the angels in the room. I saw somebody at the end of her bed wearing an, a suit. When when um, the departed loved ones start wearing a suit and into formal attire, I know they're going to pass within 24 hours. It's just what they do. They change their clothes. Um, so uh, anyway, so she was so, so close. And then she decided to turn around and come back. She didn't go. And when she came back, she said, I was afraid to see the man at the end of my bed. And, but it was more about what she did to him, not what he did to her. So she had not forgiven herself. It was probably nothing, honestly. I mean, no big, I mean, I, but she hadn't forgiven herself. She wasn't ready to see him. So she came back and she stayed another week. Wow. And then when she started to die again, he wasn't there. So the spirit world knew, okay, he can't be there. That so she's not going to die with him there. So let's just have the angels. So the angels were there. There was like three angels around her, white, big white angels. But um, he wasn't there anymore. <laughs> wow. So can you describe to you what is the difference that you you see and feel when angels are supporting in the room versus loved ones? Okay. Sure. Yeah, I mean, usually there's a comp, usually both are there at the at the bedside. Um, so angels, to me, I see them now. I know they may or may not have wings in reality, but I usually do see them with wings if I see the bigger ones. But now I will say it's not always that that can't be exactly true because one time I saw Archangel Azrael, who's known as the Angel of Death, did not come in with wings. Archangel Azrael was a big purple fuzzy blanket feel and huge. Like I, I, if I said a mountain, it could have been, a, he could have been as big as a mountain. That's how he was so big, you know, but, but he couldn't have been a big as a mountain because he was in the, in the room. Right. And, but he just felt that that's how his energy was that big. Yeah. But he did not have wings and I wasn't even sure who it was. And, and next to him were two other smaller ones that are green. I would say green fuzzy blankets. Now, Azriel felt like I'm here, I'm making sure she's not going to take a wrong turn. It was very powerful and also encouraging and joy. That's how I felt like Azriel was. And there is no way. And, and he was in at the head of a bed. She was about 42 years old, this woman. Um, she had the disease, mad cow disease. 
Oh my gosh. And she had five children. She did not want to go. She had, she had, she was going to leave five children. Yeah. And so uh, she was kind of afraid, but, but it turns out she had so many spirit helpers. Now, interestingly on that situation, I didn't see departed loved ones. I just saw these big angels. So I'm not sure why Mo I more often will see departed loved ones. I see both though. And sometimes the angels show up as little like lights, like sparkles, like white lights. Like if I stand at the foot of the bed, stand back a bit and I look on the wall, I see the, like the angel, I call the angel lights. And so that's, so I see more lights. And then with, um, with departed loved ones, I see more human-like forms or feel the human-like forms, you know, or, um, and of course, as a hospice nurse, I can't, I'm not always free to say what I feel. I might just say something like, or I might just inquire how, um, are, are the are his parents passed, you know, or what was his relationship with his parents, or something like that, and then get it get it some information about them because then I'll kind of confirm to the spirit world. Okay, I know you're here. I know who's here. Um, and if there there is an occasional time where the family will will kind of know that they know that the spirit family's there, and then I can talk more open about it. A lot of people um, that I've talked to when their loved ones are reaching the end of their lives, they and, and, and what I've observed in my own life, too, um, when someone is close to passing, whether it's, you know, a month or a week or a couple of days, they start looking all around the room. Um, can you tell me your experience with that, with um, people who are about to pass do some people know that there are others standing in the room and talk about it freely and actively with you? And are there some people that are confused what's happening because they're able to see things? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's very common. You are absolutely right, Kelly. Very common. I'd say almost everybody starts seeing the other side before they get there. Uh, okay. And, but sometimes some people will absolutely be, can talk to me and to the angels at the same time. And they're like, well, don't you see the thousand angels? There's thousands of them. Don't you see them? You know, they'll, they'll be like that. Or, or they'll, they'll say, well, you know, last night I dreamed about my husband. We went dancing and, you know, we had a party. And so, you know, that the husband, hey, Colleen Butcher. <laughs> when we had a party last night and um they so you know that they actually saw them they actually did get together and go dancing it wasn't just a dream and so it's so yes it goes it uh it goes both ways i see so common I, when they when they when they're very in i'd say the last few days of life a lot of people aren't talking so they don't express it very well but they will look and i call it looking at it's the angel show watching the angel show they're they're like you know just like this and and then or they're look by you past you and you know they're looking at somebody else and sometimes they'll say well who did you who is that girl with you they'll say that 
or who is that person with you? That's very, so common. Or they start reaching, oh, especially really the last few minutes. Wow, wow. People, family, family members tell me all the time, well, they just started reaching up. Or like I had one lady, um, she, she started hugging people in the spirit world and kissing like this and hugging people. <laughs> Yeah. Hi, Marie. How you doing, dear? It's so um, interactive. Hello, Marie. Let's we see, have also my... Ika and Joe. Yes, Ika and Joe. Hello. Hello, everyone. Um, Marie says, my sister used to have conversations with the other side and was in good spirits when she would pop back and continue to talk to me. So it's really healing energy. A lot of people start calming down a lot towards the end of their life. And do you believe it's all um, because of the extreme support from the spirit world? That they calm down? Yeah. Um, um, uh, well, maybe. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, tell me. Yeah, I, tell me. I would love, I'd love your perspective on that. Because yeah, you, you have seen so many different people. So many, the little spectrum I have is I'm like, oh, I've noticed people have kind of calmed down uh, if they had, let's say, volatile personalities or they had a lot of oh. worry or stress. It was almost oh, like yeah. they calmed down and they just started observing and they were able to have conversations if they could talk or if they would just, you know, be more peaceful. But you're right. You've seen it all. Please share. Yeah. Okay. Well, what I, what I, when somebody, when now I, this is perspective from hospice, right? So I can't say people who have a traumatic death or whatever. But when to me, when somebody is knowing that they only have so much longer to live, that in itself is the start to, oh, I better start living right. <laughs> I better start making amends. I better start fixing it. Whatever, you know, whatever relationships, I haven't seen my granddaughter in, you know, 40 years. What I better, I'm going to try to fix that before I go. I see that a lot. Um, and then also though, so I see it also opposite. Well, I may say opposite at the very end, some people get more agitated. And I think that agitation and it's called pre-morbid agitation. Um, and that's related to not knowing how to get there, not knowing this. So the body's like, okay, I know I'm going somewhere. I know the train is coming, damn it. And how do I get there? And they get very like, I, I don't know how to do it. So there's that. And this is the anxiety agitation that happens sometimes. Um, also, though, when they have met people in the spirit world, and yes, that can be very comforting. Yes, I'm going to be that. And I'm getting the chills as I say that now. So so those people that can say, OK, I've met my mom. I know she's going to be there for me. I'm not going to I'm not going to be in some unknown territory. I'm going to have help when I cross over. I'm going to be met by loved ones. Those people are comforted when they see them ahead of time. And almost everybody does. And that's called near-death awareness. So as they have, as they get closer to death, and they are more aware of the other side. Um, and then as family members, I, I like to encourage family members to be part of that and to also share. Let's say you're holding, you're holding hands or you're just being present with somebody who's nearing death, know that you too can merge into their space, move your consciousness with their consciousness and kind of 
cross over, see where they are, see what's going on in their world, see cross over a bit and see what's happening on the other side. You know? Yeah, you can start to experience things a little bit differently with the energy mm -hmm. in the room. I can only imagine you just kind of have to sit with them and take it in. Um, it's within my life, I haven't had a lot of opportunity um, to sit with people when they've been really close. I've just just a handful of times. Right. And it's such a different energy in the room. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's palpable. Yeah. You walk in, there's a, whew, angels galore. I actually feel like even as we're talking about it, we're calling in the angels who are who come around the death time, you know. Um, some of the, one of the common ones I see is Mother Mary. If the family has a particular person that they talk to, whether it's Mary or Jesus, you know, again, in our, in what's, what's our perception of comfort? So they bring those beings in, even though perhaps we are really all, we're all connected equally to every single type of entity, but it's just that vision of that particular saint brings some comfort. So that's what comes in. And it's very palpable. You walk in and man, there's Mother Mary right there. <laughs> so they, they welcome Mother Mary into the room. Yeah. Anyone that could come to comfort them, they welcome her. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a common. It's very common, yeah, for her or Jesus. Um, so may I ask too, because I don't have a lot of experience with that either. Does, um, let's say, Jesus or Mother Mary, did they have um, a different vibration than an angel and a past loved one? Um, how, how do they feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And every once in a while, it's a little hard. I go, I see colors. So first of all, I see, then I feel the energy. And um, so I would say Mary, I usually see a, a blue robe, a light blue robe. And, it, and it's a, um, huh, gosh, it feels motherly. I mean, I just, I don't know how to explain it. It's unconditional love, really. It's a, it's a, but it's a gentleness. It's a gracefulness that I feel with her. So it's just a feeling, you know, and it's just so gentle and kind. And one of the things I just, felt today from her is that we need to be kind to ourselves. And I feel like she's always kind, you know, but she tells us to be kind to ourselves. So make sure we do that. Uh, so she, that's how she feels to me. She's also feels tall, not tall, 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 but I mean, on the taller side. Yeah. And, okay. Jesus feels, I get, I see white, uh, sometimes in gold and, um, Let's see here. It's funny because I get Mother Mary on my right and I often get Jesus on my left. I don't have no idea why that is, but I just, that's just my, the way I, um, and he also feels, it's like unconditional love. I, yeah. Um, and each angel, of course, has a different feeling too. It departed loved ones. They, again, they, I see, and it, they just look like humans to me. Yeah. But I can feel if it's a mother, a father. You know, so so when they're in the room or sister or aunt, I, I kind of can feel who's there. I, I don't know why. It's just a feeling. Oh, that's an aunt. Oh, that's a mother. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, everything has a, a certain uh, feeling to it. Absolutely. Um, and it's interesting because usually spirits with bigger energy sometimes do feel taller. 
So uh-huh. it's interesting that you know Jesus and Mary do feel taller too. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So I, I want to say, uh, Yeka too says this is crazy. She means it in a good way because my aunt prior to passing saw a man and was afraid of him. A week later, she passed peacefully. Maybe she wasn't oh. ready. Then. That was the story that you referenced prior. Oh, yeah. That so makes so much ready. sense, Yika. Um, and I'm as you and you were just reading it, Kelly. I, yeah, that I'm getting chills. And she's here. Your your aunt. I know. I feel her presence as we're talking. By the way, because you wrote her name down here, I just feel that she's here. <laughs> yeah, she feels like a character to me. But okay, I'm sorry. Okay. No, hey, please. <laughs> yeah, I just feel her. She's listening to this. <laughs> what would you feel yeah there's definitely like a lot of really uh gentle beautiful um energy like around right now and it does remind me of that space that you know i've only had a few times in um so a lot of angels are supporting this broadcast right now you're bringing them in kim <laughs> do you feel it do you feel the angels in this broadcast oh yeah oh yeah it's a different it's a different feeling it's a. Uh, it's um Remember how I talked about that word calm, I guess, because that was just the most palpable feeling. It makes you very calm, right? It makes you, um, it gives you like this kind of open uh, minded uh, sensation inside, <laughs> you know, your head, the way that you think, the way that you formulate words. Um, it's, it's, it's very supportive and it's very loving. That's, that's my personal definition, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of white energy. Like, um, I feel that too. Yeah. 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 So I am with you on that. Um, so everyone kind of feels it a little bit or describes it a little differently. I have a very mental experience with it too. I'm like, I don't know if anyone would relate to the mental part, but the feeling part, maybe. Um, but uh, excellent. No, seriously, thank you. I, I wanted to ask you too. We'll we'll come back to this because I, I have so many more questions regarding your experiences because I think they're so insightful. I want to know how you got into um, being a hospice nurse. What led you down that path, and then um, through that, how that transitioned into mediumship, or maybe they were always connected. I I want to learn about you. Okay, thank you, Kelly. So uh, I was a home care nurse first, but I've been metaphysical, probably I had interest all my life. My family was, meta, you know, of one side of my family, I'll say, was metaphysical. <laughs> and the other side was Catholic, but I would still, I'm going to still put them together. Anyway, um, so, oh, I don't know, I was just doing a home care nursing and I saw in hospice that they had dog therapy, pet therapy. And so I thought, and they, plus they offered music, art, Reiki, they, you know, had massage, acupuncture. It was a whole person healing. So that's what attracted me. And I was already, I had already been studying healing touch. I'd already been studying. I'd already had my massage license. I'd been studying shamanism. I'd been studying um, psychic development at that by already by that time. And so I, so that's what brought me into my interest in hospice. When I saw that they had all those modalities as a healing, then that's, that's why I decided to move toward hospice. And it's been a long time. That was 1998, a long time ago. (laughs) Wow. So you have even more experience in nursing than just hospice because you started as. Uh Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so when you first came to being a hospice nurse, like let's say your first week on the job, how did it go? <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. I had the best manager. I mean, even during the interview, we hugged each other. It was like that. It's just that how warm and wonderful she gave me. I still remember my very two patients, my very first two patients. Bill, he was 32 years old. He had cancer in his uh, leg. Um, He was a vet. Anyway, um, from him, I learned that he saw departed loved ones, or he saw people. We don't know who at night and he would walk and light a candle at the kitchen table and talk to unseen others when i say unseen you know his parents were watching him do this because they came to live with him to take care of him when he was in in the hospice so anyway they said well every night he's going to talk to these people but we just let him do it and they thought he was like sleepwalking or something and then go back to bed and so so that was my first like oh well there's a you know, the, the angels or whoever they're talking to. Yes. It was one. So no, I loved, oh my gosh, it was wonderful. I also got to right away, right away. I had the best place to work. This was in Colorado Springs called Pikes Peak Hospice. Um, they let me do shamanism with my hospice patients. So I got to drum for patients who had a lot of anxiety so they could go across the veil with the drum, the drum, beat of the drum, which causes your brain to go from the beta to alpha to delta to the theta, right? So that you can go into meditative state and trans in with your mind, your consciousness, you go across the veil and you see the other side. Um, Now, that was so awesome too. I mean, I I just had the best, the best place to to work. So, so with I, when I got to do that, of course, I felt very lucky um, that I helped people cross over before their time so they so their anxiety could go down and everybody felt better after that. Yeah, wow. So even people who are having difficulty, you could bring in the healing and the drums and it was like if somebody was anxious and stressed they would kind of bring you in i would imagine yes yes i had to have a big conference with everybody to tell them what i was doing and the the chaplains and the social workers and yeah it wasn't like oh yeah you just go ahead and do that no i had to i had to explain to everybody what i was doing because <laughs> i mean there's like a scientific aspect to it you know as well as like spiritual and and healing aspect to it. I mean, you're talking about brain waves, like you're helping them relax. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. So they're, so I'm sure it was received well. (laughs) The patients liked it a lot. Yes. Yeah. What else did you start to incorporate um, that you understood could help people transition and calm down? Okay. Yeah. Good. Good question. Um, well, I, healing touch. At that point, I had been studying uh, just healing touch. There's a few different modalities of healing touch. Um, and so what I did for pain, now, actually, I did this in home care as well before hospice. I would use hands-on healing uh, and to work with pain and to help um, uh, relieve pain, to, re- to move pain away. So I did that. 
Um, I also now in hospice more and more, um, I will, will energy clear and chakra clear the field. And at, for me, when I do a chakra clearing, and if somebody's having a hard time dying, especially, then I really find out what's going on. I can use my hand to feel. So my hands, it's like little vision, vision sort of. Well, you know, it's um, kind of like psychometry in a way when you feel the chakra. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you pick up energy, you pick up, vi you get visions and all. So I could feel what's going on. Why are they still hanging on? That's really beautifully put. I I guess I've never thought of the body as like just a giant tool of psychometry, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> That's a really cool way to put it. Like, wow. Okay. So you're able to get in touch with them even deeper and, and really um, take away, I would imagine multiple layers of their pain and uh -huh. they're very, I guess, receptive or, um, trusting because of that. Yeah, you know, it's some pain is pretty hard to get. Cancer pain uh, to me is hard. Chest pain is easy for me. I mean, I don't know. Wound pain I find is easy. Chest pain I find is easy. Um, I mean, I'm I would never suggest anybody to just totally go with it. I I feel like you need to combine the two, the Western and the Eastern. To you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Combine both. So what I found challenging is if I'm really big into doing energy work and then somebody else is totally anti, you know, it's hard to sometimes blend the two when I would like to do more of. Yes. Um, so that was a little bit, you know, that, I mean, it still can tend to be hard. Yeah. I guess like I think about people sometimes in their pain and, you know, we talked about fear or they're just, they can't relax because they're in such deep pain. It could be physical or it could right, be right, emotional. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and really for people just to let go and to feel like they can just relax. If you can provide an experience, whether it's through the, sh the shamanism with the drumming or other techniques or the healing touch, like yep. people must feel so loved and supported by your skills. Mm. Well, I'm, that's the goal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is the goal. It sounds like it's been accomplished many times. I want to give you credit. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, to me, coming in with um, being in the heart and being that and, and feeling like it's all going to be okay is bigger than anything. What doesn't matter what you've got in your tool bag for your skills, but the idea that you are there to bring calm, peace, confidence that it's going to be okay, I think that's even bigger. You see, um, and I truly believe medicines it work too, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. There's many, like seriously, we can't deny one or the other um, mm -hmm. if it helps, it helps. Um, I want to give you uh, more validation, too. So um, Yeka said uh, regarding her aunt, she's like, she was a character, a big one. Can you speak yeah, to loved ones yeah. visiting visiting other loved ones after they passed in very vivid dreams and encounters? Okay, she's, she's wondering about if we can communicate to our loved ones during our dreams. And then she said, I mean, 
within hours of passing? Oh, she's asked. Yeah. That's a great question, especially in hospice or palliative care, where sometimes people didn't get to visit or didn't get to say goodbye. Great yeah. question. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you, Yika. Yika, if I'm saying that right. Um, well, so from my experience, it's so, oh my gosh, what a joy it is to have a visit from a beloved just hours or within the minutes after passing, because it's very common, they do it. It's, they are the most present, the most close, and they feel the most like a, like a human. The, I would say the first three days of the first three months. Okay. So they're much easier to see objectively, uh, you know, at, by your loved ones still there, st still sitting in that chair. Yes, they are there. They do it. Hey, Loco, Loco. Um, hey, Loco, Lolo. I like that name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so also it's people, I know, I know, and I'm, this is my experience. Some people say, well, you can't talk to somebody till they've, you know, gone you know, maybe six months after. Well, in my experience as a nurse that I'm there at the bedside, during the passing, they are talk. I can talk. Well, I mean, I say, is it talking? I can, I feel like it is when somebody's in a coma, I can, I can blend with that spirit and get lots of stories and I can tell the family, okay, I feel like this is what they're telling me. They're reminding me about the dog. They're reminding me about this and that, and this memory and that memory. And the family will confirm. Yes even though that person's in a coma and has not passed yet. And then when they pass, I mean, it's like there's, it's such a blend. I mean, that's why we call it a transition. It's not just all of a sudden, okay, we got, then you got to, oh, is it a linear that we got to wait a certain amount of time? It just, you know, maybe it's different for everybody, but my experience is usually right away. Now, every once in a while, I'll get somebody like, where did they go? Like they have gone. <laughs> Like, yeah, there, but oftentimes they're right there. Still, <laughs> their energy is very present. They're just like, I went this way for a moment because I can go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember once I was in it, I was in a hospital room and somebody had passed. Now, she didn't have any family with her. There was no reason for her to hang around. Wow. So her spirit was yeah. like totally gone. Wow, I'm out. Uh, that is so interesting how then quick it can be if it's just, there's no there's no pull, there's no tie, there's no meaning to stay. Um, and, and please let me know your experience with this, um, with Yeka too. I kind of want to talk for a moment about so many people have dreams of their loved ones yeah. um, around the time that they pass either yeah. right before they leave their body or right as it's happening or yeah. the night of, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like my, my husband, he's really open to this work. He, he doesn't do this work, but he's really open to this work and he's very sensitive. And when my grandma passed away, I, I actually was trying to get there to be with her around that time, but she passed earlier than expected. Um, so I was like, oh God, you know, that... That was something, and I didn't know the time that she was going to pass, but we knew that she was getting close because I got, you know, a call, let's say, just in the middle of the morning, right? So we went back to sleep because um, it was very, very early in the morning. Um, and as we were sleeping, my husband had a dream of my grandmother, and she was, like, basically saying hi, and he saw her, 
go from, she was in her late 80s, transitioned downwards into a, a woman in her 20s. And then she just kind of like left with a smile. And oh my gosh, that's beautiful. It is beautiful. And I'm like, oh, that's so amazing. And yeah, um, many years ago, too, um, when my husband's uncle passed away, the night he passed away, um, I had a dream about him, like his face in a picture showed up when he was younger. And he was like giving me, you know, all this like energetic feeling and he's like, hi, and, you know, tell everyone hi for me. So we've, you know, always had some type of experience, but we we don't know how it's going to come because he might get it, I might get it, right? Um, yeah, please share how you've experienced that personally or what you've heard from other people regarding their loved ones and dreams and how they tell them they're they're okay. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, really, it's a it's a wonderful thing that we can, as humans, still here on Earth, can receive information in our dream state. And I think the reason we do it in our dream state so often is is because we're in the most yin, the most receptive mode. In our dream times usually, or in the early morning, which is a very receptive time of day. So that's a great time for them to come talk to us. And they want to. Uh, the spirit world wants us to know they're okay. So yes, it's very common. I, I love to hear stories like that. I know personally my dad, um, this was like six months before he passed, though. I saw I had a vision of him. He was wearing a black cowboy uh, shirt, black. I'm not sure if that was symbol, must be a symbol, right? And then all of a sudden, I saw him just kind of, just like, just kind of blow away like that. And I had a feeling, that, oh, you know, and, and um, I thought, oh, he's going to die. And it was six months later, he died. And he didn't even know he had cancer yet. Wow. Wow. But but the thing that people tell me I hear so much is that, yeah, that they get visits and some people get more visits than others. And then what some people say, well, how come I didn't get a visit? But, you know, my brother got a visit and I didn't. <laughs> right. Very random. It's Very not, random. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I think it's just the way we, we receive information from the spirit world. They're, the That's spirit world's trying to get to everybody. They'll do whatever avenue. It could be the person that they got through is the one that's better with the dreams for some reason. Absolutely. Um, you know, everyone has different skills and they're going to just be ready to hear that or they're able to hear that. And so you might have one family member that is more predominant in that or a friend. Um, Joe says as well, my mom and nephew have visited me many times. And that that's that's amazing. I get... So for instance, and tell me how you are, Kim, I get loved ones coming to me right before I sleep. So I'm like in and out, like about to drift off. But I usually don't get dreams where loved ones are saying hi to me. I'll get dreams for different things. Like it's like more psychic related and, you know, it changes too. But um, how about you? How do you um, have a relationship with your dreams and how has spirit come into yours? Yeah, well, thank you. And again, this just this just reinforces the idea that we all receive spirit differently. Some people may want to receive, may may want to write a letter from their loved one if they're not getting dreams, and they're wanting to get a dream. I would suggest they get a pen and paper and they say, "Dear Aunt Betty, 
what would you like me to know today? And just pretend you're talking to Aunt Betty and let Aunt Betty kind of give you messages through your pen. So maybe that's how you get messages. So don't don't feel, oh my gosh, I didn't. But personally, um, let's see here. I mean, it's happened on occasion. I feel my family, different reasons. By the way, I'm hearing a lot of feedback. A lot of feedback, I don't know. We'll double check with that, Anne. Thank you for the heads up. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think that's better. I think. Okay. Um, so let's see. Uh, they, 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 uh, what else can we say about that? Um, personally, yeah, I sometimes have dreams, but it's not that common for me about the dreams of my departed loved ones. I just feel them more in my everyday. Now, I will say my mother, though, who, you know, she died when I was 12. Um, and so, you know, our, we had our short time together on earth and I feel like this happens with kids too. When kids die before their parents, let's say they die, you know, under age 20. Um, I often see those people with the parents, like I'm just let them know I'm here. I'm here. You know, it's like tapping me on the shoulder. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And I feel like that's how my mom is like, I'm here. I'm here. Like, and I and she even came in yesterday. It's all done. It's it's you don't need to do any more healing. It's already done. Um, and so, but I feel her a lot now. She has told me, as a you know, that I get a message from her that she is a party planner on the other side. And she so as I'm here on this side helping people cross over, she is on the other side helping them just as a party planner, just the organizer helping them organize. Um, so, oh wait, you're on mute though. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> She's helping, um, to, uh, provide an even further, you're, you're both providing working together to create the most pleasant transitional experience. That's so cool. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel her a lot. I'm sure she's listening right now. She, um, and you know, with my family, when I'm, um, you know, it's harder to talk, I think anyway, just to have a you know, to be a medium for yourself, it's a little easier to be a medium for other people. But I, what I find is if I'm doing something totally different, like if I'm walking, then I'm going to hear my family more. Yeah, yeah, we kind of, we can't be like, so focused on it. Um, yes, yes. Marie's saying, I smelled my sister's perfume for three days. Yes, yeah, see, three days. There is a thing about the three days. And now you mm -hmm. see her through dreams. Awesome. What? Um, Tell about the three days. I'm curious. <laughs> okay, because it's such a common thing in so many cultures. The Buddhist oh. culture where they come together for three days and do the chanting. Even um, elephants. You've seen this with elephants. That the man who helped the elephants in Africa, he, I think one day he ran into, it was a, a, a the leader, the matriarch of the group. And he came to eye to eye. And because she was about to cross over in the area that she was going to cross over was where she could get killed. And so he, they stopped, looked at each other. And he told her, don't come here because you'll get killed. And, and then they just had this relationship. And then she kept the family away. She knew what to do. And when that man died, the elephants were not near his house. When that man died, she brought the elephants of her tribe back. And they circled the house for three days. There is something about three days. It's a three-day thing. I don't know. That's why I tell people, don't get cremated before three days. 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> interesting. I like that. Wait three days. Do you feel like um, the spirit world is checking in on all the loved ones, the friends, the acquaintances, like kind of paying their respects for three days? Or what, what happens um, in those three days? Because I, you know, I wonder, I'm like, oh, are they just, you know, popping back to earth a lot, just checking if everyone's okay, giving them love, giving them insurance. Um, yeah, I, you know, and I don't know exactly. Honestly, Kelly, I can't tell you the whole answer on that. But there's something about uh, this three days for total transition. I feel like it's like totally yeah. to transition yeah. to like, there might be strings because even when we take our last breath, that does, does that mean we're totally out of the body? I mean, even before that last breath, we are a lot of times in the spirit world already. Yeah. You see, it's not just like, like that. It's, there's a transition. That, so that's why, for some reason, I guess the three days is magic. Maybe that's how long it takes to get all the strings. I don't know exactly. I think you're right. That makes sense. Um, like, even as you say, it, I can, I'm kind of understanding it on a different level. Um, I don't know if this will give any perspective, but um, so, you know, I do like Reiki work, for instance. And when I'm working with people, everyone always talks about how the energy after the healing stays with them for three days and starts trailing off. Or I'll let them know. And they're like, you know what? That makes sense because this and this happened or, you know, certain things will happen. Right. And it's in those three days. And then it kind of it just trails off gently. Um, there's something about the way that um, energy changes and transitions. You're right. There's something about that those three days. Um, yes. I yes. love how you mentioned the strings. Can you tell people about that? It's just my, in my mind's eye, the way I see this, it's like when we're starting to die, we have to let go. It's like we have attachments, right? But the, the attachments to our house, our pets, our children, our car, whatever it is, our jewelry. You know, these attachments that we think are so important. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to decide to let those go. And I feel like it's a, a piece at a piece at a piece. And so when you finally maybe have that last breath, then maybe there's still a little, I just see it as silvery light. I see silvery strings. And I don't know, that's in my mind's eye. I have no idea if I'm right. I, well, you heard about the silver cord, right? Yes. That, that yeah. correlates. Yeah, yeah. That's how I see it. Now, one time I will say I was with a lady. She had passed about maybe 30 minutes before I got there. And the family wanted to, uh, they wanted me to help change her clothes and all this. Well, as we were doing it, um, the family said, I, went, I, I think they were talking. It was like sisters or sister-in-law. And they said, how long were they married? You know, because the husband was in the other room. And the, the sisters were saying, how long were they married? And then I heard the lady who died and I saw on her face and I could barely see her lips move. 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> then I swear, I know it's crazy. And then I said, I think she said 17 years. <laughs> And then they were looked at each other and said, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> then when we changed her clothes, uh, 
she said, I swear, I could see her lips move again. She said, oh, that feels better. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It could almost be, yeah, like she was in and out of her body, you know, because it was like 30 minutes, even though she had popped out, there was right. still a connection. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> kind of creepy. It's, uh, you know, it, there's, um, it makes, it, it makes for a good laugh when you appreciate it. You know what I mean? But right. If it's a new concept, it's like, whoa. <laughs> um, I want to also, uh, you know, from Lolo too, as well, this is very relevant. My mom visited me in a dream. People are talking about dreams a lot. It's so, yeah, it's so interconnected. Um, my mom visited me in a dream. It took a while to get through to me. Oh, thank you. Um, she was very tall, seven, wow, oh, wow, seven feet maybe. Gave me a long hug and comforted me. I'd made her promise, I'd made her a promise she'd visit me in the dream after she passed. I made her promise she'd visit me. Okay, and she came through, but wow, she was seven, she was seven. Maybe it's that big energy, that big loving energy, like I am here. Awesome. That's beautiful, Loco. Yeah, that is beautiful. You couldn't miss her, right? She made sure of it. <laughs> and you must come see me in my dream. Now, I do see a lot of people say, oh, we made this deal. You're going to come to me in butterflies, or you're going to come to me in white feathers or whatever. And the family will say to me later, I don't see any of that. I don't get white feathers. I don't get butterflies. I don't get the birds. But they did turn on the faucets off and on. <laughs> or, something, <laughs> or something like that. So maybe when they get to the other side, they they figure to something else to do. Maybe they couldn't figure out. You know, I don't know. I don't know how that works. My goodness. Yeah. Um, I know that, um, for instance, like a medium you know, herself, she said, okay, mom was going to give me butterflies. Um, but she already happened to have another symbol for butterflies. So then mom started coming to her in an entirely different way. And at first she's like, I thought we had an agreement here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just, just to even think about that for a moment, like that sparks remembrance. You know, there's some of our loved ones that have passed 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And what conversations did you have with them? What did they tell you to look out for? Or what symbols did you have for them five years ago that sometimes we've even forgotten because we change and we look for different things and we have a different type of relationship with them? Um, it's really meant to evolve, I feel. Um, so that's wonderful. Uh, however they come, however they come, like, uh, you know, my grandma, she used to send me a lot of pennies, but I don't really see a lot of pennies anymore because the way that I kind of communicate with her has transitioned, but it reminds me, grandma, please send the pennies again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was nice. And it doesn't have to be that way. It just gets the conversation rolling again. Right? Yeah. Well, me, you know, maybe she's moved up to quarters. <laughs> <laughs> or dollar bills. Oh my gosh. I, I I love this. Okay. So I was just, I was helping out and observing the den and the medium was talking about like, your loved one sends you money, like big money. You are finding $50 or hundred dollars in the streets, 
which is crazy. Can you understand that? And the person's like, yeah, I don't know how it's been happening. It's like, grandma and grandpa, don't send me quarters, send me $100 bills. I'm okay with that. But right, I'll look out for the quarters. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. The spirit yeah. world keeps us on our toes. It's not meant yeah. to always be the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just think of the abundance. The spirit world wants us all to have abundance and not to worry. I hear that so often, right? Not to worry about the money. Go for the joy. Go for the joy. Now, they probably have forgotten a little bit about the everyday reality about paying the bill. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I, I do feel and believe me, it's, you know, it's more complicated than this. Because the spiritual perspective is very simple. The human perspective is complicated. So with empathy, we understand the complexity. But I really do believe, and sometimes we're, we're, we're not always perceptive. Sometimes we're, we just can't always catch it. But they're always giving us signals. Even when we're at our worst, go that way. Talk to that person. And if we are trusting, taking care of ourselves, and connected, we're going to get a way out of everything and anything, you know, if we keep going. Some things we're perhaps meant to experience, you know, that that is up for, you know, to talk about. Um, but beyond that, like, where do I go next? They will, they will lead you where it can get a lot easier from that initial happening. Um, but it's not easy. It's, from the human perspective, it's really not. Yeah, I know. We're we're on a journey here, aren't we? We are. Yeah, we gotta love it. They gotta love it. We came because we're strong. All of we us. We came because we're strong. And I really believe, tell me how you think too. Um we're, we we come to this school to get it wrong, as we're supposed <laughs> yeah. to learn. If we got it right, we'd have aced the tests we don't need to learn. We already yeah. know it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's natural for us to go, what the heck are we doing? I don't know what to do. That's the most natural thing for us to experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and it, but there's always that answer waiting for us. Um, yeah. So what is your perspective on, you know, why we're here sometimes or um, what has the spirit world shown you through messages? Um, when you've worked as a medium and when you've helped transition people of what they just want people to know. Mm, yeah. Love. It's all really love is like the bottom line of everything. It's the most healing way to be. It's a high vibration. Um, love is, I want to just say love is all there is, you know, isn't there a song that says that? All you need is love. Uh, yeah, something I'm like that. I'm sure there is. I, I, I'm sure there is. So it that really resonates with me and what I hear. Um, and also that the spirit world is so supportive, just like you said. So supportive. And why are we here? <laughs> well, I'll, everybody wants, that's a big, that's the million dollar question. Why are we here? Um, and that's probably could, we could talk days on that from different perspectives. Are we in a hologram? Are we, who's, who's leading us, you know, um, but, I love it. but I think again, it's to share love. I think it's to heal. I think it's to bring light. And now we can't say everybody's here for that reason, but we all do, I believe have light to share. 
And I think we have a choice. This is if we have free will, we have a choice. We can choose. Are we going to share our light or are we going to hide our light? Are we going to maybe go toward the dark? So I believe that we probably initially wanted to come to Earth to share light. And every once in a while, we get go astray for whatever reason. Maybe we're too sensitive. Maybe the world came in a lot harder than we expected. Maybe we're really from a different universe um, or is it universe or, you know, a planet or whatever. And so there might be a slightly different reason we're here. But like a star seed. To help and heal each other, to serve others, to help and heal for spiritual progress. I guess that's really the bottom line spiritual progress that we that that's why we're here as i love that unit, i believe we're as a unit everybody here we're not like you and i even though we look separate you're in california i'm in texas you know <laughs> um uh, uh i and what i felt from mary saint mary is that we are definitely like earth the animals the people it's one unit and now maybe we're here to help heal. I feel like when I say that, I see the light coming into earth and we're bringing more light. And this light on earth is going to be spread to the other parts of the universe. And and so maybe that's why we're here to bring the light. And so, um, yeah, it's our choice, though. It's a choice. I think when we're on our deathbed and we decide, did we do what we're supposed to do? Think of the light. Did we stay in the light? Then we're going to feel like we, we came here to serve our purpose. And it doesn't matter whether you chose animal healing versus Reiki for a career. It doesn't matter if you worked at the gas station or the grocery store. It, it's all about how much light you brought in. You're still on your soul path if you're bringing in light. Absolutely. I, I believe. I mean, keep going. Yeah. Go. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, on our soul path. And so that's why I think we're here. And I believe part of our ascension process as we're in, I mean, we've been in ascension process for who knows how many thousands of years, but everybody's talking about it right now again. And um, <laughs> so I believe that this is a big time. I don't know if it's astrologically or whatever's happening, but this is a big time where we can really shine. Everybody can shine more now. And when we're on our deathbed, and just say, were we kind? Did we serve others? Did we stay in the light? And then we, I think we've done a good job, <laughs> you know? And to be at peace with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Maybe you didn't get that promotion that you wanted. Maybe you never got to say goodbye to so-and-so. But still, be be kind to yourself and forgive yourself for not doing everything perfect. I mean, in your eyes, spirit world always thinks you're perfect. Spirit world is wonderful, and I love all the things that you said. I, I really think, like, we are here to transmute, and everyone's going to transmute in a different way. Everyone has given a, been given a different hand, and everyone is ultimately working together for the same goal. And I love the ascension that you talked about and the way you described it. Absolutely beautiful. Kim, Thank you so much for coming on the show. Like you brought such gorgeous energy, such beautiful top. I'm saying the word beautiful with you. Like that's the word. Cause it's just the energy, you, your energy, your light, your face. It's all beautiful. 
um, for real, from the heart. And where can people find you if they want to continue to reach out and um, have a session with you? What's the okay. best place they can find you? Yeah. Well, just look at my website, mediumkim.com. Medium.com. Yep. And you medium. also have... It's not small. It's not large. Just medium. <laughs> <laughs> mediumkim.com. I love it. And... Um, you also have a wonderful YouTube channel where people um, watch you live too, um, and you have offerings. Um, what do you have going on that maybe people can additionally come find you or listen to you or learn from you from? Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, so my YouTube channel is also Medium Kim or Medium Kim, Kim uh, comma Kim Copeland, but Medium Kim is one word on YouTube. Um, and so coming up, coming up. Starting in a couple of weeks, I am going to be teaching a class. It's just about ascension, actually, opening to ascension. And it's just, it's not a developmental class. It's not a psychic mediumship development. It's more about um, just talking about, we're going to talk about dreams. We're going to talk about healing. We're going to talk about um, manifestation. We're going to talk about the afterlife. So we're going to have different topics. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. I actually haven't even posted it on my website yet, but I'm going to do that later today. And um then also coming up in the fall, I'm going to have a retreat. The date is not determined yet. I mean, not me and uh, a couple other people, Susan Lynn and Danny Shea. We're um, doing a retreat together in, in Santa Fe, probably in September. We're putting it together now. So that's coming up. That'll go on my website as soon as we get it figured out. And then I think think I haven't decided, but I'll probably do some more psychic mediumship classes coming in the next few weeks. I do something every month, actually. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of things up and kind of the things that we talked about today are relevant with what you're bringing to the table and what you frequently do for others. So if you loved what Kim had to share, um, you can have <clears throat> you can have more of her through her website, through her YouTube channel, or other classes or the retreat she's doing. Please find her. She's wonderful. Thank you so much, Kim, for being with us today. Thank I'm going to say Kelly. thank you. I'm going to wish everyone love, luck, light, and a week full of smiles. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Blessings. See you next week, Kelly. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Blessings. Blessings.